We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going in the 30s for wide receiver ADP on underdog. Does that make sense? We're talking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiving core on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome back to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners at Rotoviz. I'm not sure if excited is the right word for it, Curtis, but we are talking about the wide receivers on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this evening. I did a solo pod earlier in the week where we talked about uh, play volume. Uh, scoring and how that relates to a team's success, uh, how many wins or losses they have. Tampa Bay, not a team we expect to be accruing a large, large amount of wins this year. We were talking about our exposures to these wide receivers in Tampa Bay before we came on air. Uh, we will let listeners in on that later. But how are you doing, Curtis? I'm doing fine, man. Um, I <laughs> And I hadn't really... I hadn't really appreciated how underexposed I was uh, to this passing attack until we went through this exercise. So yeah, it'll be fun to share. And, you know, I, hopefully I don't find out that I've made a grave error. Um, but before we get into talking about the Buccaneers offense for best ball purposes, definitely want to remind at the top of the pod here, all of our listeners about our partnership with underdog uh, for the 2023 season. So, uh, go to under, underdogfantasy.com, uh, use promo code ROTOVIZ, and we will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So you put up to 100 in, we put up to that same amount in, and you can go play things like Best Ball Mania 4 to win a $3 million grand prize, which still just blows my mind when I think about it. Um, but you can also, it goes the other way. So go to rotoviz.com, use promo code UNDERDOG, and we'll give you 50% off a one month sub. So you can check out all the tools that we have, like our best ball uh, roster construction explorer, our win rate explorer, all of our underdog ADP tools and our NFL stat explorer, the stuff that Dave and I are using on every pod to bring you the stats that we bring. Try it out for 50% off, little peek behind the curtain at a discount. So check both of those deals out. And uh, Dave, with the drop, 
Let's get into these receivers. Okay, so I think the way that we're going to approach this is we will do a quick review of each of these receivers to start. Then we're going to have to talk about the Baker Mayfield component. So to set this to set the stage uh, here, let's take I'm a quick. Sorry, the oh, Baker Mayfield component sounds like a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Oh the my Baker gosh, Mayfield we component. we definitely need to run that through one of the uh, AI things like Baker Mayfield <laughs> stars in a Wes Anderson film. Called, oh my gosh. Right. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. I love okay. it. <laughs> Sorry. That, that, that was beautiful wordsmithing, my friend. All right. Thank you. So Mike Evans, uh, is 29 years old. He will turn 30 August 21st. I've got to be honest, Curtis, at this point, it's felt to me like he actually, I was almost expecting to see like 31, 32 already. I think other listener or listeners of the show might be feeling like that, but the man will turn 30. If you look at what he did last year, was 15 in PPR per game. He was actually 18 in expected points per game. Finished at 44 in fantasy points over expectation per game. So his efficiency was fine. Uh, in years prior, he had been extremely efficient. He's one of the few wide receivers who you can look at that year over year, uh, at least for the last like four or five years, has been pretty darn good. Uh, in getting their scoring to somewhere near the level that you would expect. And for a player like Evans, that has been a very high level. Uh, yeah, but I got to interject real quick. Sure. Evans has been, you can set your clock to him. He's been incredible. He has maybe one of the more impressive, I don't know, just from a consistency standpoint, uh, statistically, it's one of the more impressive careers in NFL history for wide receiver, to be honest. Yeah. But, you know, last year, it is a little bit misleading to just look at, you know, kind of where he finished. I mean, because he did, he did score over 21% of his points in the final game of the season. He scored 48.7. Tom Brady helping him hit all of his contract escalators in that final game. And, I, I mean, you, you remove that. So, with that game, 15.2 uh, PPR yep. per game. You remove it. He's at 12.8. Just removing the one game over over the entire season uh, bumps him down three PPR per game. Just really, uh, really, really crazy. So um, I think that's just it's a, it's somewhat important context. Yeah, for sure. Because that brings me to the next thing we were going to talk about here, which is if you look at 2022, he had two games that went over 30 points. Uh, he had a game against Kansas city in week four with 30.3. And then as you mentioned that ridiculous week 17 with 48.7 beyond that, Curtis, he only went over 15 points in four other games. And he was a wide receiver three in 60% of games with yeah. the majority of those being below 10 points. So this was a very different year for Mike Evans than Mike Evans enthusiasts would like to have seen. If you look at some of the graphs that we have, especially the ones that's our favorite, where it kind of shows you nice and easy from a visual standpoint across a selected span of years or games, how often that player is finishing as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two or worse, you see a pretty drastic change uh, somewhere around like 2020. You see it start to tail off. Now, he was 
number 17 in targets last year. So there was pretty good volume for him. Finished number 20 in total touchdowns. He was seven in air yards. If we dig in a little bit more, though, and you look at some of the advanced stats, Curtis, there actually are some solid things that you could point to. Uh, For example, if you looked at uh, items with yards per route or uh, air yards per route, you actually get pretty good results. So he's in the top 20 in terms of yards per route uh, in air yards per converted air yards per game. He actually was fourth, which is interesting uh, because in terms of intended air yards per game in total, uh, he was not nearly as high. So some of that goes back to the fact that he's still actually doing a decent job with converting air yards uh, and a couple other data points that you could look at here. Uh, you could also look at routes uh, per touchdown and he's been all right. Um, and I have a couple more of these stats. I'm gonna have to go back to when we look at, uh, at Chris Godwin. Um, but when I take a high level view of some of these, some of these metrics to try to see if we're at the point where it really feels like you could say he's falling off some type of cliff or something that doesn't seem to be there. Um, so from a high level perspective with Evans, it feels like we're still, we still have a receiver that's at a point where he can play, where he can be useful. I don't see any warning signs of him completely falling off, but part of the reason we're doing this exercise is we do have to ask the question of, are we at a point now where this recalibration, especially what we're seeing in his ADP makes sense. We will wait to opine on that until we bring in the Baker Mayfield component. And we've talked about Chris Godwin, but I'll stop there in case you have any other thoughts on Mike Evans. No, I mean, I don't, I think you laid it out nicely. I mean, the, the concern is like my concern. And, and you mentioned this, I think at the very top of your, um, your breakdown there, it, it kind of just seems like he's older than he is. Yeah. And when I think about Mike Evans, you know, he seems like the type of wide receiver that when he falls off, he's just going to disappear. Yes. Um, you know, the, the bigger, the bigger wide receivers just don't age the same way. You know, we saw Des Bryant just evaporate. Yep. Um, Julio, you know, Julio Jones held on, you know, was still even holding on as, recently as last year, just year after year after year, kind of battling through injuries. Um, and that's, that's certainly another way you can go instead of just kind of just, you know, disappearing from the league. It would be weird to think that the player that finished wide receiver 18 last year would just totally disappear. But again, you remove those two big games, you know, the games count and they count for best ball purposes. I get it. Like in two big games like that will, you know, prop up your win rate a little bit. Uh, especially with how big they were, but you know, very little would have to go wrong in the context of the the offense in order for him to just totally disappear. Like there's just, there was already a razor thin margin for error. And that's with the best quarterback of all time at the helm, albeit older, but I mean, Tom Brady's back there slinging it 650, 700 times a year. Now, you know, as we kind of, I guess, get into the Baker Mayfield piece of the equation with Evans. 
And then for Godwin, I mean, Baker's only thrown for 500 passing attempts once in his career. He's never thrown for 30 passing touchdowns. He's basically been worse every single year that he's been in the league. Um, this feels like a doomed me, a doomed marriage to me. Like I, yeah. you know, I, you, you kind of teased our exposure. So I went, I went back and looked at the big board, which was the pre NFL draft underdog fantasy best ball contest. I maxed it 150 entries. I had two Mike Evans shares. So uh, two out of 150 and zero Chris Godwin shares, zero out of 150. And I've so far in BBM four, I mean, I've had about 30 active drafts, 11 are completed to where I can look at my exposure. I have exactly 0% exposure to either one of these receivers. And it really comes down to just having watched Baker Mayfield as a Browns fan and seeing how unfortunately his game didn't translate to the NFL. Um, I've not ever seen him play well for an extended stretch and he does not seem like the type of quarterback uh, that will excel in garbage time the way that, you know, Jameis Winston had done in the past. Jameis had the the big arm. He was fearless. Um, And I mean, Baker, Baker can throw the ball far, but yet doesn't seem like he has the same type of big arm as Winston and Winston proved over and over again that he could offset those interceptions with touchdowns for those receivers. I mean, Baker's not been able to do that. So then then the last piece that we haven't really talked about is uh, Dave Canales, who's the new offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. This is his first offensive coordinator job. He came up through the very prolific and high passing volume Seattle Seahawks coaching tree, Dave, where he has spent the entirety of his NFL coaching career. Wow. He went from high school coaching to JUCO to one season as the strength coordinator at USC and then to a decade of being either a wide receiver or quarterbacks coach for the Seahawks. And now he comes over to lead a Baker Mayfield offense in Tampa for a very conservative defensive minded head coach in Todd Bowles. So none like just there's so many variables that make me want to stay away from this thing. So yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on Baker and, you know, even if I like Godwin as a player, like just situationally, I can't see him, you know, getting like 160 targets and having one of these crazy, like 2014 Allen Robinson seasons or whatever, you know, that you would be hoping for. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that Baker, um, is definitely somewhat of a concern, a pretty large concern in this equation. And he's not even the whole equation. This isn't purely based on Baker. But, I mean, if you go searching uh, through the Advanced Stats Explorer, normally you can find a couple of nuggets um, on any quarterback of something that you could point to to try to paint a case if you want to make it happen. Uh, As far as Baker goes, it's not as easy as one would like, you know, I'm trying to find, because part of what I like to do when we're setting up for these is, is look through and, and, and pick things out that might be interesting. Now it is a little bit, a little bit difficult. Uh, if you're looking at 2022 with Baker, uh, you know, splitting time between teams. Um, but there's nothing that I can point to. That's going to make me change my evaluation of Baker as a guy that can play in the NFL, but lacks any particular talent that sets him apart, especially in a way 
that's going to elevate wide receivers or allow you to get the most out of them. Now, if you look at his career and you look at, at his like adjusted yards per attempt relationships with different receivers, one thing you could say is maybe he didn't play with the best group of players. Uh, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, he had a decent connection with 11.46 yards per attempt. Uh, did all right with David and Joku in a little bit of time with Odell Beckham. Uh, you know, Jarvis not Landry, too great. Landry, I was going to say man. that was it. Jarvis Landry, right? Jarvis Landry was the receiver. Like Chris, that's your Chris, Chris Godwin approximation right there. Yep. So as far as Mike Evans goes, this does not look uh, to be very solid. As you said, Baker can throw it deep, but I don't think that's something he's, you know, renowned for. And I misspoke when I was talking about Evans. He actually last year was number four in intended air yards per game and also did a good job converting. And that's what we've seen a lot from Evans, right? These plays goes pretty deep downfield, makes a nice catch. That's something that seems to be hanging in the balance in my mind when we add in the Baker component. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If we're looking for any reason to have faith in Evans, it would be that, uh, you know, every year, you know, he seems to, well, I guess at least in the Brady era, you know, he was pretty effective down uh, the right side of the field deep. And that's like the one area where Baker's been pretty decent, not even necessarily from a completion percentage standpoint. I mean, those passes over 15 yards are, Difficult for anyone, regardless of the talent level. I mean, it just gets tough uh, when you're giving corners that much time to adjust to a route. But, you know, that's really been where Evans has excelled. Um, You know, if you look year in, year out, you know, deep to the right, um, most years is his most productive area. And that's the one spot where Baker was. So maybe if if Baker has some big plays, they, they will be to Evans there. But, you know, Evans brings nothing in the short game um, at all. He's really not even used uh, near the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, the high percentage, like he's not, and he actually has never really even been a high target, high reception guy. He's really, and when he's been at his best, he's, you know, had a high YPR and a lot of touchdowns. Um, you know, he's not going to score the way that, that Godwin would. Um, and if you were looking for, you know, if you were looking for Baker to be able to prop up any receivers at most, it would be one. And, you know, I, I think because of the limitations with his height, because of the limitations with his skill set, if he was going to prop a guy up, it probably would be 
Godwin, but maybe not to the levels or the highest heights that we've seen in Godwin's career, you know, thus far. Yeah. So that brings us into, because there's also a piece that we have to get to after we talk about these players individually. And I know I had said the Buccaneers wide receiver core, but I think really, I just want to focus on Evans and Godwin. Uh, Cause obviously if we feel like there's not a whole lot juice of juice to squeeze there, you know, I don't think we need to go much further. Uh, if you look at Godwin, in the advanced stats tool, right? You're actually going to see that there's also things that you can point to for Chris Godwin uh, based on last year that are fairly encouraging. From a target perspective, he was very competitive. Uh, I think coming in at wide receiver 11. Uh, So nice target volume for him there. If you look at... um, well, oh, go um, ahead. Just to, just to, yeah, just to pause on that. So, yeah, the target volume was solid, but he was just 30th in team target percentage. He had a 22% uh, target market share. And again, you know, you had Brady slinging it 700 times. Right. Like, you know, so the, the, the volume was there. The target share wasn't really elite. I mean, he was a middling wide receiver three in terms of target share. Yep. And so if you're going to project, like, I just don't think it's reasonable to expect Baker to throw the ball 150 more times than he ever has in his career. Um, yep. And, and this offense that's, that's totally unsettled coming from an offense, by the way, that didn't throw it like that either. Right. So, you know, even if you, if you gave Godwin static team target market share, if you're taking 150, you know, targets off the table, you know, 30 of those are going to be Godwin targets that evaporate. For sure. Uh, now, the, a, a good thing that you could say is in terms of air yards, he was actually top 10 in air yards conversion. So, you know, he does do well um, with the targets that he's given. And then also, if we're looking at a player and trying to make sense of uh, where they are at in their career, you could look at yards after the catch per reception. Uh, where he fell in line with many good players like Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, somewhere around 20th overall in that measure. Uh, The final thing that we could look at here would be evasion percentage, which is pretty telling um, for some players. Does not register in the top 20%. If you look at uh, also... Missed tackle and broken tackle. I'm just trying to be thorough here. You do not see Godwin or Evans. Russell Gage, Tampa Bay wide receiver, does score pretty good in that percent uh, or in that that metric there. Uh, but from that perspective, you know Godwin still registering on some of these spots that we like to see him. As a reminder, uh, last year playing with Tom Brady in 2022, we saw him be a wide receiver one in just 20% of games. That was just three games, a wide receiver three in 67. So naturally we were going to see that drop in ADP. You add in Baker Mayfield, you add in this new team situation. It's not surprising. My takeaway, well, oh, go ahead. And, and those percentages are based on PPR. You know, you, yep. you adjust for underdog being half PPR and Godwin, you know, it's been several years since he's even scored seven touchdowns. You know, right. he averaged 11.8 half PPR game last year. Right. You and, know, so I, 
here's 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 the problem too, right? I, I, I'm just getting like I'm just getting so frustrated talking about this offense. Touchdowns for Tampa Bay, passing touchdowns. Those are not going to be a very high number that you're dividing across the wide receivers there, either. So I have a lot of trouble trying to make a case to get yeah. excited about them. Um, and, and some of this goes back to too, even if you put them on different teams right now, uh, I'm still not exactly sure how excited I would be about Chris Godwin, but that doesn't really matter because he is in Tampa Bay. And if we look at the players, Curtis, that we're selecting instead of them, and I have looked it up, I've taken, uh, I've not done as many drafts of you as you, but at this point I've only drafted Mike Evans twice on underdog and I've only drafted Chris Godwin three times. Why is that? A lot of that relates to, if you look at the other players that are going in that wide receiver 30 type of territory, there are other guys that I feel like I'd rather go after for that upside, and that um, there are other reasons you'd rather build them into the roster. So it looks like yeah, it looks so like let, you were going to interject there. Let's name, yeah, let's name some of the names. I mean, so Godwin's going to, over the last two weeks, uh, and you and you can custom sort this range uh, on, our, on our website. I'm actually going to tailor it to just one week here. Um, so yep. this is the, the the most recent ADP here. Um, Godwin's going fifty-eight-five, right before Jackson Smith and the Jig, uh, and Jigba, Brandon Ayuk, and then there's Mike Evans. Within that same kind of round, immediately following Chris Godwin at the wide receiver position, you also have Tyler Lockett, Jordan Addison, Kadarius Tony, George Pickens, uh, Traylon Burks, Deontay Johnson, uh, all going within like twelve to fourteen picks of Godwin, and all of those going within ten picks of Evans. So let's just you know, uh, Smith and Jigba, you know, we're thinking, you know, could he be like a, a rookie version of Cooper cup in Seattle? But even if you want to say, Hey, you know, uh, low, lower volume passing offense, it, at least he's playing with Geno Smith, who is, you know, completing 70% of his passes over the last two years. And, um, you know, it had a way more efficient season last year than Baker Mayfield ever has had in his career. You get Brandon Ayuk, um, who had you know the best season of his career in San Francisco. Um, you get Tyler Lockett in that same Seattle offense. Um, Addison, the number two for Kirk Cousins uh, uh, across from, you know, Justin Jefferson. You know, I would prefer uh, that if you think, you know, hey, I can have some of most of Adam Thielen's role and probably push down K.J. Osborne a little bit uh, as the wide receiver two in a in more of a high-flying offense for the Vikings. Tony, okay, if you if you want to take Godwin or Evans over Kadarius Tony, you know, except maybe on Mahomes squads, uh, you know, that's that's fine. I mean, there's no reason to think Kadarius Tony's a good bet right now. And he's probably more likely to be a wasted pick there than either of the Tampa Bay options. But a hit on Tony would probably look better than a hit on either of those Buccaneers receivers. But then you get into like Pickens, Burks, Deontay. I mean, I'd rather have all three of those guys than the Buccaneers receivers, you know, at these ADPs. You know, with Pittsburgh, at least you can sell yourself on a narrative that, you know, hey, Kenny Pickett's going to take a leap in year two. Deontay Johnson had really poor luck with touchdowns last year, but but actually, you know, was still really highly rated in terms of 
uh, you know, his targets and his season really looked pretty similar to the two prior, except for the lack of touchdowns. George Pickens, you can talk to yourself about, you know, year two leap, uh, Traylon Burks, year two leap uh, as a clear number one in his offense. Like, I just, I don't know. And even if you don't think any of these guys are clear, clearly better than the Buccaneers, like, you mean, other than, of those teams, other than the Titans, you know, all of these other teams are more attractive passing offenses, I would think, uh, than Tampa. So even if you don't trust yourself to get the players right, at least target the offensive offenses that, you know, will have more success, score more touchdowns, have a better quarterback, or potentially all of the uh, the above in these cases. And that's just the wide receivers, Dave. If you look at the, you know, the tight ends or the running backs in this range, you know, that's pretty interesting too. You know, if you, if you go wide receiver early and you get into this range and you can get a JK Dobbins or a Joe Mixon in this range um, to potentially anchor your team. Um, Dallas Goddard's going. If you uh, wait on tight end, Kyle Pitts is going in that area. If you wait on tight end and then, you know, from a quarterback perspective, getting into this range, uh, you're looking at Trevor Lawrence, um, uh, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is actually the only quarterback that's kind of settled into that ADP range. So I think there's some other attractive options at the other positions too, depending on how your team build is going. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that it really comes down to when you have players like this, that you'd have to try to make a case for yourself to get excited about, you know, even if you have this thought of, well, maybe I need to sprinkle them in a couple of times or I shouldn't overlook them. Maybe, for some odd reason, things get back to how they've looked. You know, if you're still looking for uh, scenarios like like that or these exciting outcomes that you might not be expecting, a lot of these other players around there, it feels to me much more likely that we see something like that from. So I don't know how many people out there that listen to this show were still viewing Godwin and Evans as like really intriguing options. But I think I'm glad we revisited that because... I think we have confirmed that we feel good about where we have gone through uh, in terms of actually, you know, really limiting how often we are drafting these players. So, so two questions to kind of close for a practical application. Cause I think, you know, total fade 0%. That's hard for people to fathom. You know, there, there's always a price that's right on every player. Um, so the first one is probably a more fun question. You are forced to take, Either Godwin or Edwin's in every Edwin's? remaining best ball draft. <laughs> Edwin's, Edwin's. <laughs> Godwin or Edwin's, um, yeah. Godwin or Evans yep. in every best ball draft the rest of the summer. You have to take one of them and commit to taking that same one for every best ball draft the rest of the summer, assuming that their ADP stay in this range. Which one would you take? So you're going to have 100 percent exposure the rest of the way. Which one do you want? Godwin. Okay, I agree. So we're at least uh, we're on board there. Yep. And then if we're saying we don't like him at this five, six turn, you know, do we like him at the end of round six? So let's say we're like on the other end of, you know, the, the draw in yep. our draft. And, and it looks more like, hey, late round six or even appro- approaching the six, seven turn. Uh, as I list off these receivers. So we said we like Godwin better. Tell me where you prefer Godwin to the next option then. Mm-hmm. So let's let's assume that you want him below JSN and Ayuk and and lock it and let's skip it down into the late sixties. Yep. So Jordan Addison or Chris Godwin? Oh Addison. No question. Okay. Kadarius Tony or Godwin? 
Probably Kadarius Tony. George Pickens or Godwin? Pickens. Traylon Burks or Godwin? Burks. Deontay Johnson or Godwin? That's where it starts to get a little bit close, but still Johnson. Okay, so now we get into actually mid. Where are we at here? We're in round seven. Marquise yep. Brown or Chris Godwin? Brown. Gabe Davis or Godwin? I think Godwin. Okay. So Dave's got it. Uh, he's got him like in the based off of positional ADP. Godwin around 78 to 80. Right. Then um, he's currently going at 58 and a half. So you've got Dave's permission to draft Godwin when he draft when he drops a round and a half to two rounds. Yep. And we can only assume that it would be even further uh, for Mike Evans. But I, you know, I think these are helpful exercises, Dave. I think that's an offense that you know, we probably could have, without trying, just not talked about all summer. But sometimes those are the sneaky ones that you've got to you got to make sure that you understand where where you're at because um, you don't want to miss out on an opportunity or just accidentally fade when you know it may have been a bad decision. So right, good exercise, good idea for a show. Appreciate you running us through the squad. Yeah. So for years now, you've you've got those reps swiping, hitting draft on Evans and Godwin's. You're not going to be doing it as much this year, but what you will mm-hmm. be doing is checking in with us later on the week. We will be back and we will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.